0: So a lot of people say Seaside has a cemetery and we've held we've remodeled it some the entrance and that we've had talking tombstones out there. I was trying to bring it out in the general public and uh, get it basically. So everybody knew Seaside had a cemetery and get it on, find a grave, billion graves so that if someone wanted to find an ancestor, it's basically go on the Internet and you can find them. Um, And it's just bringing, you know, the whole cycle to get everybody, so that there's, a, you know, a history here.
1: Welcome to Seaside 101. We're your host, Aiden. And May. Okay. This podcast is a collaboration between the City of Seaside and Seaside High School. In this series, we're interviewing Seaside city officials to learn more about what goes on behind the scenes. The goal being to educate the public and inspire people to get involved in their communities. Yeah. So first question for you, Dale. Uh, What responsibilities is the public works department in charge of?
0: So public works is a a menagerie of different things. We do the treatment and distribution of our water system. Uh, We're in charge of all the bridges in town, uh, all of the roadways except Highway 101, Uh, signage, traffic signals, our city parks, Uh, City-owned buildings, especially city hall, building and planning, public works building, our auxiliary building next to the library, the chamber of commerce, uh, the turnaround, the promenade, um, uh, all the city-owned parking lots, street lighting, street sweeping, so our street sweepers under our, uh, the garbage collection as far as downtown garbage collection, not residential, um, our boat docks and boat ramps, our wetlands, our emergency operations center. Uh, Our city fleet includes fire department, police, and public works, uh, along with our heavy um, equipment. We do a lot of different items um, with a group of people. Uh, We have 20 employees under, under my care, and we make sure everything gets taken care of, and we basically run the town for the city manager and the city council. How would you describe your role in your department? So my role, I have a hands-on approach to working with uh, Public Works. If we have an issue uh, with the crew members and they're having struggles, I don't know what the struggle is until I personally have seen it firsthand. So I actually go out and do the work with them. What, you know, if we have a garbage runner, we have a problem with vandalism, you know, what what type of product can we use to get rid of the vandalism, you know, the markings and that type of thing. Um, anything to do with our bridges, I want to be there experience what they're experiencing because i need to know is there a tool i can buy to make it simpler for them is there a product or do we need more help than that Uh, so i have a hands-on approach and i think that's worked best for the city of seaside and for the staff we get a lot uh, a lot happier uh, employees that way because they know that i've done it as well um and we also, you know, the working relationship that we have um, just as a, as an employee of the city with our general public, our residents here, um, our tourists when they come in, and then our local businesses. Um, you know, we, our businesses are key to the downtown area, keeping, you know, our business flowing in tourism, uh, hotels, everything. And along with city, other city staff and department heads, you know, we're all – We all work together. You know, we work very well with police. We work very well with fire. We're generally on scene at the same time. They're on a scene if there's a big issue, um, a fire. We we are their support staff. We're there to help them. Uh, I don't care if it's if I need to go get food because they've been on a structure fire for a long time. We take care of it for them because they don't have time. So it's really a hands-on approach.
1: So you guys kind of do, like, you do a lot of stuff, the public works. We do a lot of
0: stuff, yeah.
2: What do you look for when trying to create a strong group of employees?
0: Probably the main thing is someone that will listen. I've had interviews where people come in, and and they say that they don't interview well, and we just kind of... Sit down and just well tell me about yourself. I want to find out about the individual. You know where'd you grow up? Just common questions, nothing personal, and get them comfortable um, because and then make sure you listen. So main thing is so that they're comfortable in talking with you, and you can almost feel that you can uh, build a trust with them because you're sending them out into a city vehicle to drive down a street during tour- is a tourist time, <laughs> and you know how heavy traffic is. You don't want them to panic. Um, you want them to just to feel more comfortable, more relaxed, that, you know, they're going to be able to do the job, give them the confidence that they can do it, go with them if you need to. Um, and it's just, it's very important that uh, someone new, you break down the barrier that they're nervous um, because they really shouldn't be. It's an interview, you and I are gonna discuss The interview when we're all done here. After I ask you the ten or fifteen questions, we're gonna then we're gonna just talk um, and kind of make them feel more relaxed because they'll almost answer every question over again with the real answer they wanted to give. All right. Um, What's your background slash education? So I served in the U.S. military to start with, uh, right out of high school. Um, and then I attended college after I got out of the service because I wanted the G.I. Bill. Um, and I went to University of, of Toledo uh, in Ohio, and then I went to University of Michigan. After that, a friend of mine asked me if I'd give him a hand when I moved back into the state of Washington, if I'd give him a hand with a, a building project. Uh, he needed some extra people that he could count on. So I said, sure, I'll give you a hand. <laughs>
1: How long have you been in this career path? So kind of circling back to that last question.
0: So I started um, in construction with my friend in 1976. And I know you you think that's a long time, and it is. <laughs> yeah, it's, a, it's, it's, you know, it's, I've been doing it older than your parents are, I'm sure. Um, but it's really a, a great industry to be in, whether it's building or just in the roadside uh, and just the general public, you know, helping the general public out especially on a tourism city. When you have someone, a town that's got 6,040 people, and we can swell to 60,000 and then go back to 6,000 or eight or 10,000, depending on a normal day, it's actually pretty impressive of what gets done. But we do most of it behind the scenes. We feel like we're kind of in Disneyland sometimes. You see all the commotion during the day, but it, it's what happens after those uh, hours that things get done and cleaned back up and the town gets put back together.
1: So what, after that like first experience with construction, what inspired you to further pursue
0: a career? So, I was working in heavy construction. Uh, I started out doing buildings first, mainly houses, then did small uh, commercial buildings, um, did some schools, and then started wanted to know if I wanted to give them a hand on some excavation out in in one of the ball fields they were building, so I said, sure, I'll give you a hand. Well, then I started doing more ball fields, then I started doing golf courses. Uh, I jumped back and forth between buildings, all for the same company. We just bounced back and forth. And then just a few years ago, um, it's actually almost six years ago now, my wife said that the city of Seaside had an opening as their public works director. And I told her, oh, I wouldn't be interested in that. I don't know how to do any of that stuff. And she says, well, if you read it, it's everything that you do. And she says, you wouldn't have to travel the two hours in the morning, two hours at night. Just take a look at it. Um, So that's when I did. I actually sat down about two days before the job opening closed and applied for the the position. Um, I had no idea whether I would even be interviewed at that point, but... Again, it's just trying something new, and it's something I hadn't done before. Um, I'd already done estimating and project management for major projects, uh, not only buildings but also doing bridges, road work, freeways from Olympia to Seattle. I've worked on almost every project uh, along that at some point up into Mercer Island, Washington. Um, so it's, it was kind of like, where do I go from here because I want to keep learning, so I went into the public sector. I actually did, uh, had two interview panels that I sat through and they must have liked me because the city manager called me back uh, the next evening and said, come in and sit down with me. And I remember as we sat for about an hour and chatted and his last question to me was, why do you want this position? And my answer to him was, I've, ha- I've had this great career and experience I'm leaving it to no one because I have no children. So I'm not teaching anybody anything. And I think I have the opportunity to teach the City of Seaside employees how to do the things that I have done to help better the city. What's your favorite part of your job? I think mainly meeting the residents and having that interaction. Um, We're actually a retirement community first, then we're a tourism. It really is a first and second. And to me, our residents, those are the people that I really have to, to go after and get their input to find out what's what's it going to be or how can I make Seaside better. The tourists are going to come and go. They come every year. They you know, They keep coming back. More come. But it's the residents. We want to keep them here. We want the students, the kids, as they grow up, we want them to enjoy their city, have parks that are available that they can play in. And really like it here so as they go out to college um we want them to come back and then start families here and then continue the residency of seaside so that's really important to me um i also during um during the uh learning of the city and we learn every day it doesn't matter how old you are is i learn more and more of the history of seaside you know what was built here you know what was that store before you know it was three times changed and i like learning that and seeing what the history is and then finding out that there's still a resident here in town that's part of that initial family that came here and to me that's pretty exciting because that's what we really want to do is continue with that same philosophy as having young kids stay come back after college start a family and then bring their kids up here
1: Part of what makes Seaside stand out to tourists is the town's history. When Lewis and Clark made it to the Oregon coast, they built Fort Clatsop, which is just north of Seaside. The
2: Lewis and Clark expedition left behind things such as preserved journals, specimens, maps, and most importantly, the salt works. Back in 1806, they established the Salt Cairn. The salt they harvested was key for preserving meat, and the salt works later blossomed into its own little sediment now known as Seaside. Tell us something about your job that may surprise the general public.
0: Uh, there's two things. One, uh, I'm a licensed cemetery manager, <laughs> uh, so that I can manage Evergreen Cemetery, and the other is the municipal airport where I work with the FAA. Even for our little airport, it's a very important position uh, with the with the FAA. So a lot of people say, "Seaside has a cemetery." And we've held, we've remodeled it some, the entrance and that. We've had talking tombstones out there. So I was trying to bring it out in the general public and uh, get it basically so everybody knew Seaside had a cemetery and get it on, find a grave, billion graves, so that if someone wanted to find an ancestor, it's it basically go on the Internet and you could find them. Um, and it's just bringing, you know, the whole cycle to get everybody so that there's a, you know, a history here. Uh,
2: What are some of the challenges that you encounter in your position?
0: You always have challenges with employees because they have, you know, lives of their own and there's challenges just amongst their lives, you know, whether it's uh, parents, kids, wife, you know, whatever. So those are always challenges that in the private sector, you don't have, to worry about that so much, but here, you know, you've you're going to see this person every day. Is, you've, you're grooming them to understand that not every challenge um, is a make-or-break deal. You know, it's it, try to keep the drama separate from the position. Um, supply lines, trying to get materials, sometimes that's a big one. Our weather, that's another huge one. Um, telephone conversations from concerned residents and even, and even tourists, something that they don't like about Seaside or it's, it's not like it is at home. Um, so, you know, we get those almost on a daily. And generally, if I can talk to somebody on the phone and I answer every single phone call, if I can get them to start joking around a little bit, It eases that and the tension drops. And then they kind of realize that, well, this phone call, I probably really shouldn't have even called you. (laughs) Um, And then you have to learn to not take anything personal. Um, Not everybody is going to like every single thing you do or everything that you present uh, or suggestions. They're not going to like every suggestion, but I generally fire back at him and say, well, what do you propose? You know, what's your idea to, to fix this problem? Um, you have to learn not to get upset about anything and let it show. So you do kind of hold it in. Sometimes I feel like that duck floating along the water, looking cool and calm, but down underneath I'm pedaling like crazy. And that that's probably the basis of that is just try to, you know, don't let... Don't get upset about something where the potential for employees to feed off of that, and then kind of blow it out of proportion. Um, and it's it's actually pretty easy to go. Our city manager kind of jokes, and someone else say, "Well, geez, if I got the community support," and he'd say, "Well, talk to Dale. He's got everybody's support." So, and it's because they know I'm easy to get a hold of. There's a face to face contact. You know, they know I'm truly interested and concerned about you know their well-being here in the city of seaside and this job can be a lot of fun it really can it's such a variety you're you're never bored i could tell you that
2: tell us something about your job that may surprise you're the general public trying to manage working on multiple projects at the same time is there a specific way that you decide which projects get like the priority
0: it's mainly with uh, supplies is ordering the supplies deliveries of supplies and then also which contractors are available. So sometimes we may have three to five different projects going all at once um, in different parts of the town. And I kind of look at it as though we don't want to concentrate on just one section of town, like say the downtown area, because that's not where our residents live. Mm -hmm. Our residents live on the ends of town and in the middle of town. We want to make sure they see us working on their street um, and doing something there. That's how you build support from your community. Is they know that you're working for them, and I've told them I've been at City Hall before a council meeting, and someone will ask a question from the audience, and I said, "Well, I shouldn't be designing a park. I've never had children. I don't know what they want. I work for you. What do you want? You know, and get them involved in the in the decision making, and you build that rapport with the, the citizens."
1: For our on-the-street segment, we've sent out our fellow FBLA members into the city to gather questions from the public. My question is for the Public Works Director. What actions are you taking to handle parking, especially during tourist-high months?
0: Well, some of the things that we have done are all of our parking spaces have been measured and clearly marked, which helps, obviously, to maneuver around town. The additional motorcycle stalls uh, throughout the town, which take less space than a normal parking stall, have been added. The public parking garage on Avenue A uh, has a brighter colored sign so that people can see that it is a public parking structure. Uh, We've installed directional arrows into the convention center parking lot to assist drivers in finding their way (laughs) around the parking lot. Police department has hired a code enforcement officer to ensure one car, one parking stall. A lot of times people get a little over on their parking stalls. And then the planning department has hired a vacation rental uh, code enforcement officer that's also making sure that visitors to our town are parking in the driveways and in the garages rather than out on the streets to leave that parking open for other guests of the city.
2: What would you say is your vision for your department?
0: Um, the main vision is to continue to honor the Seaside City uh, history create parks, as I said before, for our uh, the kids so their community stays strong and there's places for them to go and uh, things to do. Keep the city clean. Uh, keeping the city clean uh, brings more people, uh, I think, as far as they feel safe here when they are here. You know, when the first person walks out of that hotel room in the morning, I'd like the town to look basically perfect as we can get it so that they do feel like, geez, I want to come back here again. You know, they help our businesses. Um, a lot of them end up buying homes here, and some of them even relocate. It's not unusual to see people, like even like myself, you know, relocate here because we like the area. Um, keeping the open communication to our residents and letting them know uh, they can feel comfortable calling in and that something will get Uh, will get taken care of when they do call, and we do want to listen to them.
2: So um, apart from, like, creating a memorable impression, what else do you think would build a strong community?
0: Um, I think mainly just uh, having an employee staff that enjoy their job, uh, making sure that They're going to be your first line out there you know if they go into safeway and i want people i want them to feel proud of what they've accomplished in this city i don't want them having to go to safeway at 11 o'clock at night because they're ashamed of something that didn't get done or something doesn't look right i want people to walk up to them and say hey great job or you know nice job and you know and something be very positive uh, rather than have a negative comment. You know, we're always going to get a certain amount of the negative comments, and we can deal with all of that. It's, uh, it's really not, again, you can't take it personal, like I said before.
2: Is there anything that you have read or listened to recently that has inspired you?
0: I, uh, <laughs> this one's kind of funny. I just uh, received a citizen's report and request for action, which is also a complaint form. Um, and it was handed to me by our city recorder, and at first I thought there was something wrong, but the author was praising me for doing something in town that I actually do seven days a week real early in the morning is I come into town in my own truck, and I drive down the streets, and I look for street lights that are out when it's dark, and I write those numbers down, or I take a picture of it, and I turn them in. Then I go down Broadway in Columbia, and I pick up garbage and throw it in the garbage cans because I want the town to look a certain what certain way. And I don't mind spending some of my own time to do that. Um, but this report, which it normally is a complaint form, was actually praising me because they saw me doing it. <laughs> and I thought I was early enough in town where nobody was around. Um, so that was kind of fun. I don't get those all the time. We do get cards and you know letters uh, from people thanking us for doing this or that. But this one, you know, it came into City Hall and it was just kind of it surprised me, so it was kind of fun to, to receive that. And um, I even got jokes at City Hall, or she didn't write that yourself, you know? So it was just kind of fun.
2: Who are the most influential people in your life?
0: I have mainly one, because I hold that at such a high regard, and that's Mr. Willie Stewart, and he's in Tacoma, Washington. He was my junior high school vice principal, And then later, my high school principal. And Mr. Stewart uh, is still a friend of mine today. We see each other. We chat on Facebook, that type of thing. Um, He just treated us all with so much respect um, that it's something that I've never um, forgotten. And then to tell us about treating others respect. And everybody has an opinion. Listen to their opinion. You may not agree. But... At least let them have their voice, and it's just such an inspiration. And it's been quite a few years, if you did the math, (laughs) um, that you know I'll just never forget him. He was very much a, uh, a dominant figure in my life, you know, for those years. And he was new when he became a vice principal. He was new in the school district so it was a surprise to all of us that we were now getting a a vice principal because we didn't have one before and here's this man that just stood taller than life to us but treated everybody the same and that's just so important
2: what advice would you give to someone interested in pursuing a career similar to yours
0: Uh, one is don't hesitate to try different things uh, that's how you get into this position, basically, and you can start out in in water and sewer and street department, and take a look at the whole picture. It's not just you know this is all I do. I'm not a garbage collector. I'm not a restroom cleaner. I'm all of these things. As I said in the very beginning, we have such a enormous amount of different tasks that we do. Um, many tasks are done. Uh, baby steps, and I use that term all the time at work, just like when I came in uh, to the city and I told our staff that we're not going to change anything big. We're going to go baby steps. Well, we've taken a lot of baby steps, and some of those steps are huge at this point now. But if you cha- take it uh, slowly and you take it smart, then you don't have quite the conflict you do with employees. That Well, we've always done it this way because we're going to try something new. And when you try something new, you're going to fail from time to time. Try something different. No one's going to pick on you. No one's going to make a comment that, well, this didn't work. Just get over it. Let's try something else because we know we can figure this out. We're all intelligent. We're all eager to do this. Let's try something new. And uh, teacher, that uh, employees, that there's no task that is beneath them. If I'm willing to go out and pick up garbage... (laughs) or help clean a restroom or help sweep a street. Anybody should. It's not that big a deal. It's basically get over yourself. You know, we're here to serve the public and the city.
2: If you want to learn more about how things are run or want to get involved in your community, feel free to check out www.cityofseaside.us to stay updated with the latest of what's happening in Seaside, Oregon.
1: Production and editing were done by Aidan Usley and Mary Roberto. Our music was produced by Tyler Froberg. This project was coordinated with the help of John Rail and Mike Verholst. Once again, we're your hosts Aidan and Mary, signing off until the next episode of Seaside 101.